The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Football Friday. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, you can find on ESPNTucson.com. I do appreciate you guys tuning in to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show as we try to keep it as live and uh, local as humanly possible here and give you all the best sports news and information and entertainment that we possibly can. Uh, also, if you're listening in the future via the uh, via the podcast that we post every, every day, we post the, uh, the Jeff Dean podcast on everywhere you can get your, your podcast, whether it's on Apple or Amazon or Audible, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, all those places that you can download podcasts. You can find the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson, and we thank you for tuning in as well. I do have uh, uh, plenty of people who listen via the podcast. I can tell because they text me or send me messages later in the day. They're like, hey, you just said this. And I was like, yeah, like 12 hours ago. <laughs> so regardless of how you're listening, we appreciate you listening. And, uh, of course, obviously, uh, you know, appreciate the feedback as well. Um, you know, you guys are the reason that we do this. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to just sit here and just talk to myself by myself. So uh, get that feedback going. Love to hear from you guys. You can follow me on Twitter at UAZ Voice. That's at UAZ Voice. Again, I'm not the most exciting follow on Twitter. Um, I dabble a little bit here and there. To be honest with you, I'm really kind of just too busy to be on Twitter that often. Uh, but I do tweet out during the games and things like that. And, and obviously, uh, it's a good way to reach out to me as well. Football Friday means we've got some NFL picks and some some college picks, like some of the big games. You know, I'll have my NFL lock of the week coming up here in a moment, my Friday five. Uh, these are my five picks against the spread. We'll have that coming up in just a minute as well because, you know, look, you know, on a football Friday, that's what we do here. And, you know, we're here to break down football. We talk NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show, but specifically here on uh, on football Fridays is, uh, is when we do it. Now, last night's game, last night's game, was uh, I don't want to say a snooze fest, but it was it it wasn't great. Um, you know, Cleveland brought their defense. Looked like it was uh, it was really clicking. You know, they, they started running the football in uh, in the first act. Of course, they were able to move the ball pretty well um, against the uh, against the Denver Broncos defense, who's been really good this year. And you know, it was it was kind of some unsung you know unsung heroes in that game. Uh, Dearness Johnson, who? Yeah, Dearness Johnson, a guy who was essentially begging uh, American Alliance of Football GMs a couple of years ago, begging them to give him a tryout. And the Browns found him last night, and he had 146 rushing yards and looked really good running against that good Broncos defense. Case Keenum filled in for Baker Mayfield. I thought filled in admirably. You know, Case has always been kind of more of, of a game manager kind of guy. He's he's not the dude that's going to give the game away. So essentially what you had last night was two quarterbacks who are game managers, not going to just light it up uh, throwing the football down the field, guys who don't throw the ball away, um, you know, teams that, that don't make a whole lot of mistakes. 
And really what you had was a just a stellar defensive effort by the Cleveland Browns as they beat the Broncos 17-14. Uh, the Broncos only able to muster 41 yards rushing in that game. They basically stopped trying to run the football. Melvin Gordon was completely shut down, eight carries for 18 yards. Uh, they tried running it uh, outside with Javante Williams. That didn't work either. So really a dominant performance, only 15 first downs. Uh, for the Broncos last night, they only ran 49 plays. <laughs> That's, that is, uh, you know, you think about it, you look at certain things that jump off the field, you know, jump off the, the stat sheet from you uh, from a t- particular game, and to see a team only run 49 plays, you would think that, okay, well, they must have had some, you know, big explosive plays, some explosive scores. No, no, they didn't. Uh, it was just... <laughs> It was it was just that bad, or that good of a performance, I should say, by the Cleveland defense. So Cleveland defense looking like they should have uh, looked all season long, and uh, they get the win, a big win, without uh, three of their stars on offense, of course. Uh, and anytime you can do that in the NFL, kind of steal one like that, uh, that's good for your uh, for your football team. So um, that was the Thursday night game. The next Thursday night game is a huge one. Next Thursday night. Cardinals hosting the Packers. I mean, let's let's just call it like it is. This is going to be probably the second biggest game of the season so far. You can kind of maybe you can say it was it was you know Buccaneers Rams. You know those are two you know incredibly good football teams. These are two teams. You know the, the, I wouldn't put the Packers as incredibly good, but they certainly have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers was even talking with the media. Uh, earlier this week, I don't know if it was yesterday, it might have been yesterday, where he was saying that uh, this season reminds him of a certain season over 10 years ago that turned out pretty good for them. It's kind of an interesting comment from Aaron Rodgers, who's playing in what everyone believes to be his final season in Green Bay, to compare what they're doing right now to the team that won the Super Bowl, what was it, 12 years ago? 11, 12 years ago, something like that. I don't remember the exact year, but regardless, uh, those are pretty big shoes to fill. Um, so that's what he had to say. But that, of course, is a big game. Now, you, you, you hope that neither of those teams are overlooking their opponent this week because the Packers are hosting the Washington football team, who's, uh, you know, obviously they're just bad. Um, you know, the interesting thing about Washington their defense was supposed to be so good, and you look at the roster, and, and they haven't been beset with injuries on the defensive side of the ball. They're still pretty healthy for the most part, as healthy as healthy as anyone else in the NFL is. You look at that defensive side of the ball, and you're like, how can they? Why is it that they can't stop people? Why are they not stopping anyone? They, nobody. And the only answer that that I can come up with, and I haven't scoured deeply, and I haven't spoken to anyone inside the team or anything like that. I have no reason to talk to anyone from Washington. Um, My guess is that you have a bunch of really talented players who are not playing as a team. They're playing as individuals, and that is causing problems because that team has given up so many big plays this year that that's exactly what it points to. I've seen it before. You see it in college all the time, and you do see it in the pros from time to time where you just can't get 11 guys to play as as a unit. And on defense, that is so vastly it's, – it's so incredibly important. Like, it cannot be understated how much importance is put on playing as a team on the defensive side of the ball. I just think Washington's got a bunch of really, really great individual players 
who know that they're great individual players and are like, I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to go do this because obviously we suck and I have to make up for the, you know, for the, the inefficiencies that we're doing. And they're just not able to reel it in. They're not able to play as a team. And that's why I think that, that they're, they're playing the way they are on defense. Green Bay hosting Washington. Hopefully they're not overlooking Washington looking ahead to the Thursday night game. And the same for the Cardinals, who are taking on the Texans at home as an 18-point favorite. Yeesh. So let's go into some big NFL games this week. Let's let's look at some of them in NFL Week Seven because th- there are few. <laughs> Just put it that way. There are there are very few big games in the NFL this week. You know, you look at some of the big games. You got the Chiefs at the Titans. Chiefs are a four and a half point favorite. I don't know exactly what to think of the Chiefs right now. We know that they have. This this capability to be so explosive on offense, and they're going to go up against a team who's riding high right now. Look, that was a huge emotional win for Tennessee on Monday night against the Buffalo Bills. They were able to establish some dominance, and I, I think it may set up something for the for the remainder of the season. That's that's a that's a a talented team with a lot of really prideful players, and. You know, I, I like I like the head coach that they got there. I think Tennessee may be may be looking at another upset here over the Chiefs. I know it's it's four and a half point spread right now, but I, I I'd be until the Chiefs stop somebody rushing the football. You've got Derrick Henry who is about ready to set some NFL records if he can stay healthy through a seventeen game season. The the pace that he's on right now, uh, there's going to be records broken. He is absolutely insane right now. He's He's one of the best players in football. He has been one of the best players in football for the last four last four seasons. He's definitely asserted himself as one of the best players on the offensive side of the ball in the entire league, and maybe the best non-quarterback uh, on the offensive side of the ball in the league. He is spectacular. The Eagles at the Raiders doesn't sound like a big game, but it's a big game for both of these teams. The Eagles still, I think, they're still trying to figure out what they need to do at, at quarterback. There, the talks, of course, with you know, with Sean Watson and the Houston Texans have been in Miami because he has to approve the no trade clause. He has to approve the team that he goes to. And I guess one of the, uh, the only team that he's right now willing to go to is to Miami. I would think that he would maybe want to take a look at Philadelphia though. That's a talented team with a good defense. Um, I'm still not, uh, the, 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 the jury is still out on their coach. Nick Sirianni still, the jury's still out on that guy, but the players seem to like playing for him and they play in a lot of close football games. They play hard. Uh, that could be an interesting game for the Raiders as they return home without their head coach, John Gruden. It's a good football team. Obviously, offensively, they're very, very good. Um, but that could be an interesting game. I think that game's going to be really close. That's going to be a tight one to the finish. You get the Bears at Buccaneers. Doesn't sound like a big game. But, look, the Bears are kind of fighting for their playoff lives right now. The Buccaneers coming off a bye week. Do they have... Uh, you know, Do they have it in them to, to really kind of put the pedal down and separate themselves or are they going to kind of let people hang around and stuff are they are they feeling a little bit uh you know proud of themselves for winning the Super Bowl last year even though that seems like I mean they should put it in their minds as forever ago as far as that is concerned and the Bears look I guess like I said they're playing for their playoff lives right now and I think it would behoove the Bears to really just kind of turn Justin Fields loose in this game just just kind of see what you got right just say look we're going up against the best team we're going to face all year, most likely. Uh, this is going to be the best team that the Bears face. I haven't 
really looked at their schedule, but I, unless they play, you know, the Rams and the Cardinals or something, I, I, I don't see it. I, they actually might play the Cardinals later this year. Anyway, regardless, this is going to be one of the best teams they play all year. They're playing the defending champs. you got to turn everything loose. So if I'm Matt Nagy, I just kind of say, look, we're going to open up the playbook here, and Justin Fields is going to have to prove to us that he can go out there and win football games. Now, they may not win the football game. In fact, I don't think they will. I don't think they have much of a chance of winning this football game. But if you can turn Justin Fields loose and see what you got, you may be able to instill some confidence in the rest of the team surrounding him, which, of course, leads to wins. You know, you have to believe in your quarterback. Ask anybody who's ever played on the offensive side of the ball. You get in that huddle, you have to believe in the guy who's talking to you. You absolutely have to. It's, it's, it's paramount. You hear, you hear coaches say it all the time. He commands the huddle. He commands the huddle. And people are like, what the hell does that mean? If you've, if you've never been in a huddle, I, can underst- I completely understand what, you know, why you would think that. It is so important to have a quarterback that can command everyone's attention, command their respect, and uh, have a guy that players want to clap their hands to when they leave that huddle and hustle up to the line of scrimmage and get ready to die for that guy. Like, like you know, that's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of performance that you want to get out of your other ten guys when you have a quarterback inside that huddle that instills confidence and, and uh, inspiration in the other ten guys in the team. Uh, I think it's time for Justin Fields to, to maybe establish some of that with the Bears. And, it, look, it may hurt. <laughs> it may hurt real bad to open up that playbook and let him just kind of explore the space but I think it's important for the growth of that football team, personally. That's just my opinion. And then the other kind of big game of the week, uh, outside of my lock of the week game that I'm going to talk about here in just a moment, the Bengals and Ravens. This is going to be a fun one. I, I, like, I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this game. You know, how, you know me. I love me some Joe Burrow. I have ever since I saw him at LSU. He reminds me so much of Joe Montana, just watching him play. And I grew up watching Joe. Uh, every single week, obviously, you know, well, every time they were on, it was difficult to, you know, the, the Niners were on a lot here in the, uh, in Arizona when the Cowboys weren't on. Um, but, you know, just watching Joe Burrow just reminds me so much of Joe Montana when he was young. He, you know, didn't look like much. He's wiry, but he's got good enough footwork to kind of keep him out of trouble. He's smart enough to re- recognize where the defense is coming from. He's able to kind of step up in the pocket. And if you notice this year, his sacks have gone down week to week, even though the offensive line has not been performing as well as they should be or as you would like to see for a franchise quarterback like Joe Burrow. But he just continues to hook up and find Jamar Chase in the, you know, in, in, you know, in the secondary, running free, especially in big moments. You know, he's been able to find big receiver, big plays in big moments, and that's going to be huge for them. Um and then you've got Baltimore. Their offense is just it, – it's clicking right now. And we didn't see this coming because they had, what, four running backs drop out before the, before the season even began uh, due to injury. But I think what's most impressive is how well they were able to shut down Justin Herbert last week. He only had – he had less than 200 yards uh, passing last week. And when you combine that type of defensive play with an offense that is currently fourth in the NFL in yards per play – now the Ravens, you're talking about the Ravens as one of the best teams in the NFL. They are just fantastically good on both sides of the ball. Um, they can blow teams out. They can play in close games. I, I, again, I like Cincinnati a lot. I love Joe Burrow. And I think that they're probably the second best team 
in that division, but until they can prove it against the Ravens, who are obviously the best team in that division, I'm going to continue to ride Baltimore. I like Baltimore. I think it's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Man, that's dicey. That's dicey. I could see like a 33-27 kind of game where you get hooked. But, uh, hey, you know, play you know, at your own, at your own uh, pace, at your own opinions. I'm just giving mine here. Now, my lock of the week comes from the other big game in the NFL, and it, you know, pardon me, as a fan of one of the teams, it's always difficult to use it as a lock of the week unless you're picking them to win by a million points. The Indianapolis Colts head into San Francisco to take on the 49ers who are coming off a bye week trying to get healthy. Carson Wentz, uh, 49ers are four-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay, let's start with there. 49ers, four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Carson Wentz is, interestingly enough, recently has kind of gotten hot. He's, he's started to, to, to make a, a resurgence since coming back from the early preseason injury. And over his last three games, he's completing over 67% of his passes. He's averaging 285 yards passing while throwing six touchdowns and, most importantly, no interceptions in those three games. Now, the Niners, we know how, how thin they are at quarterback right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be getting the start. He's coming back from a calf injury that limited him in practice this week. And he was limited, but that was probably a good thing because their other quarterback, Trey Lance, the rookie from North Dakota State, was out of practice. He has a knee injury. He is not expected to be back at practice until middle of next week. So it's Jimmy Garoppolo on a bad leg or nothing for the 49ers. Now, the Colts' defense is number one against the run in terms of DVOA. DVOA is kind of like the statistic that takes into account comparison of how the other teams perform in certain plays against the run and all that kind of stuff and other, you know, other aspects of, uh, of defense. But the, the Colts essentially are number one against the run in the NFL. That's bad news for the 49ers. Now, on the opposite side of the ball, 49ers obviously trying to get healthy on defense. They have one of the league's best linebackers in Fred Warner, and I think that's going to be enough in this particular game. I think the 49ers have enough coaching-wise and defensive-wise to keep this as a real physical-type football game. 49ers offensive line has been really, really good this year. Trent Williams, best left tackle in football. Uh, Don't just ask me. Ask anyone else uh, in the league. They'll tell you that Trent Williams best left tackle in football. And 49ers offensive line has played really, really well this year, especially in the run game with that zone, uh, the zone running game that they have. And I think it'll be enough to kind of break through what Indianapolis has been doing defensively against the run that has made them so good. It'll be just enough. I like the Colts to cover the four and a half, but I like San Francisco by a final 19-17 over Indianapolis. And that is my lock of the week. I'm six and one against the spread this season in my lock of the week. I lost last week's game, so I broke my 6-0 and start to the season. I'm going to try to bounce back with a win this week. I like the Colts plus 4.5 at San Francisco, but I like the 49ers straight up 19-17 over Indianapolis. That is my NFL lock of the week. All right, when we return, we'll be talking my Friday Five, the five college football games that I think that you should be focusing on, some of the big games, and I'll make my picks and see if I can get off of last week's, uh, well, two and three record, but we'll talk about that coming up after the break. The NBA is back, and FanDuel is tipping things off by hooking all customers up with a risk-free same-game parlay bet. 
Place your first same-game parlay bet of the NBA season, and if you don't win, you get a refund and site credit. It's just that simple. You can combine multiple bets from the same game into one wager for even bigger paydays. Build your parlay with spreads, money lines, total points, player propositions, and a whole lot more. There are so many NBA market options. Like I said, player points, rebounds, assists. You can play your favorite players. We got Steph Curry, eight three-pointers. Uh, you know, probably cashed that ticket in last night. You can play money lines. You can play over-unders. You can play spreads. You can play all kinds of things. You can root for your favorite players. And you can also play live along with an NBA game. So if there's a trend that you see, you can jump right into the fast lane and start betting right away. And if you're new to FanDuel, sign up with the promo code DEAN to get your first risk-free bet up to $1,000. Make the most out of the NBA season this season and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to bet the NBA risk-free. But make sure you use my promo code DEAN D-E-A-N, so that they know that I sent you, and you can take advantage of all these great promotions that the NBA and FanDuel Sportsbook has to offer. 21 and over in President, Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. expires in seven days. Offer ends 10-21-2021. Max refund is $10. Max restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. Coming up next, my Friday Five, my college picks against the spread right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back on this Football Friday. The Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. It is time for the Friday Five We've got a short segment here, so I won't be able to get it all in for this segment, but we'll start here, and uh, we'll uh, move it into the next segment as well because I, I, I'm going to break it up into two sections, essentially. Um, we're going to start with a game in the Big Ten as the Wisconsin Badgers head into <laughs> yeah West Lafayette, and they're going to be taking on the number 25 Purdue Boilermakers, Purdue, Coming off as uh, Wisconsin, the three-and-a-half-point favorite, rather. Purdue is a uh, three-and-a-half-point dog at home as Wisconsin rolls in. Now, look, Wisconsin right now, uh, like, I don't know if they understand their identity. They're three-and-three on the season. They're one-and-two in the conference. Uh, They beat Army last year, uh, last week at home, but barely. And, you know, look, Army's not a bad team. Uh, this year, obviously, they're tough to beat because they they hang on to the ball for so damn long. Um, so they're you know they're a tough team to really run up the score on, and you don't want to run up the score on academies, anyways. Purdue, on the other hand, is four and two, two and one on the season, and they're coming off a huge, huge win on the road in Iowa City against the top ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, of course, the number two team in the country last week, uh, not anymore. They in that game. David Bell just went off. Look, Purdue has a really good passing offense. They're 10th in the country in passing yards per game. Um, they they don't run the football. In fact, they don't even really try to run the football. They're 124th in the country in rushing. But it hasn't really mattered because they've been so good throwing the football. And I can't understand why. They've, been, they've played three different quarterbacks this year. They played Aiden O'Connell in the win over Iowa last week. Um, Jack Plummer started the season, Will Plummer's older brother. Jack Plummer started the season as a quarterback. He also played in the Iowa game. And Austin Burton, the third-string uh, quarterback, also played against Iowa. And it wasn't in mop-up duty either. He was he was on the field for a few uh, a few plays. 
David Bell has been a huge difference maker for the uh, for the Purdue Boilermakers. He's fantastic. He's one of the best wide receivers in the country. And we can't forget about the equalizer on defense for Purdue. They have a really fantastic player, and I've talked about him on this show before. If you haven't watched him play, just take a look at the Purdue's defensive end, George Karloftis. <laughs> he is an absolute monster. I love watching him play. He's an old-school throwback, you know, Chuck Bednarik kind of guy. He is just awesome. I love watching him play. He's, he's fantastic. And the Badgers? Look, they can't figure out what they're doing at, at quarterback. They've been really inconsistent offensively this year. I don't think they know what they're doing, to be honest with you. Paul Christ is in real trouble uh, of you know possibly being on the hot seat right now. Purdue, three-and-a-half-point underdog. I like Purdue, plus three-and-a-half. Give me the Boilermakers, 24, Wisconsin, 20. That's where we go for our first game. Our second game is Clemson at Pitt. Now, this game is a tough one to pick because I don't. Clemson has been a really difficult team to kind of look at all year long. Um, obviously, we know that the pedigree is there. We know that they're very, very good, um, but they haven't shown it. I mean, offensively, they're absolutely awful. They can't score. And now they're going to be heading into Pittsburgh to take on a Pitt team who has been able to score almost at will on just about everyone they played. Their quarterback play has been fantastic with Kenny Pickett came, coming out of nowhere. Um, he's averaging about 70. Well, he's, he's throwing the ball at 70% completion percentage, 9.5 yards per attempt. He's got 21 touchdowns. He's only thrown one pick this year. Like, Pitt is just an absolute scoring machine. Now, early season struggles are sometimes overblown because teams are trying to negotiate new players and new systems and things like that or new coaches if they have that in. But Clemson, look, they've played six games, and we're still waiting on what that offense is going to do. And it's not like they've been changing coordinators. Yes, they have a new quarterback. Yes, they have a new running back. That happens every year uh, to a lot of teams. And I just think it, it just goes to show you just how good a player Trevor Lawrence really is, that that team was putting up 41 points a game each of the last three seasons and now can barely find the end zone. And that's a problem when you're playing a team like Pitt, who just continues to score at an incredible pace, and Kenny Pickett doesn't give the ball away. It's going to limit Clemson's chances today, uh, tomorrow in that game, and the fewer possessions they have even worsens their chances of getting into the end zone. I like Pitt big in this game. i got to be honest with you. Pitt's favored by 3.5. I'll take Pitt minus the 3.5. Don't care about the points. Throw them away. Give me Pitt 28, Clemson 20 in that game. All right. We're going to take a timeout because uh, i got to take a break here because we're late for it. But when I come back, I'll finish up my Friday Five with my final three picks in a game that's a real head-scratcher. I'll try to get you through that one. The Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk is going to look a bit different this year. Instead of a walk, we're going to take a cruise in our vehicles. It's the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Caravan, Sunday morning, October 24th. That's this Sunday. The event, of course, is to raise awareness and funds to breast cancer awareness to save lives from breast cancer. For more information on how to be a part of this or to make a donation, go to ESPNTucson.com. More of the Friday Five and my predictions against the spread next on the Jeff Dean Show. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. We're in the midst of my Friday Five. My five big college games of the weekend. 
uh, picking against the spread. I'm 21 and 18 on the season, which isn't great, but it's still on the positive side. And as soon as I go 5 and 0 this weekend, things will be much better. <laughs> we'll see, let's see what happens. It's some interesting pick. These are tough games to pick. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't. Listen, you you can't fall from a limb if you never walk out onto it, right? And I love falling from limbs, apparently. So that's why I walk out onto so many of them. So I'm going to continue to do that. It would be really easy for me to just pick Ohio State and Oklahoma and Alabama every single week, but we're not going to do that here on the Jeff Dean Show. I'm going to make the tough picks for you guys. If you're if you're looking to to get on FanDuel and uh, make some plays this weekend, I'm here to help you with that. Okay. So let's go ahead and look at our next game. Now, this game is a real head-scratcher. And I'm talking about the number 8 Oklahoma State Cowboys heading in to Ames, Iowa, to take on the Cyclones of Iowa State. Now, Iowa State, of course, had huge aspirations in the preseason. Uh, they were considered to be one of the top 10 teams and a team that could force Oklahoma into a, you know, they're, they're you know, essentially taking second place in the Big 12. That has not happened. They started the, with the season. They stubbed their toe. They're currently 4-2. and two. They're 2-1 two and one in conference. And they're taking on the number eight team in the country. He was six and zero, three and zero in the conference off a big win, a, a dominant win over a Texas team last week, who we thought was going to take a step forward even after their loss to uh, to Oklahoma. That did not play the case. So of course, Iowa State is favored by seven points in this game because why wouldn't they be? Uh, they're playing an undefeated team, the number eight team in the country, and against an unranked team going in to their home stadium, and they're favored by an entire touchdown. Head scratcher. Why is that? Let's take a look. So the Cowboys last week, of course, they got their 32-24 victory over the Longhorns. They ran the ball extremely well. They ran 49 times, 220 yards. Their Utah State transfer, Jalen Warren, was an absolute star. Uh, 33 times, uh, 33 rushes, 193 carries in the game. But I think that was more of an outlier. I think there was more on the on the aspect that Texas's defense is really, really bad. Uh, more so than Oklahoma State's offense is starting to find itself because it starts and ends with the quarterback in Mike Gundy's system, and Spencer Sanders is just kind of very middle-of-the-road average kind of quarterback. Last week he was 19 of 32 for 170 yards, one touchdown, one interception, which is basically the exact same stat line he's had for every single game this year. He just has not been spectacular. And let's t- let's, I mean, let's face it. The, the Iowa State defense is about as good as it gets, um, not only in the country, but certainly in the Big 12. They lead the Big 12 in scoring defense 16 points a game. They're only giving up 2.8 yards per carry, which is absolutely astounding when you, when you talk about college football defenses. Now, offensively for Iowa State, they struggled. Okay, They struggled mightily out the gate. They couldn't move the ball. They couldn't convert third downs. Uh, let's look back at their last four games. They're averaging 43 points per game. They got a win last week over Kansas State, a, a stingy Kansas State team. They hung 33 on K-State last week. They were able to put 29 up against Baylor in a loss, granted, but Baylor's a very good team, good, uh, a very good defense as well. And Brees Hall, the tailback for Iowa State, still has some things to say about who the best tailback in the Big 12 is, whether it's him or or Bijan Robinson, of course, of Texas. Had 197 yards last week, two touchdowns on 30 carries against Kansas State. Now, OSU, obviously, they rely on their defense as well. Their defense has been very, very good. In fact, the only defense in the Big 12 that's better than theirs against the run is Iowa State. They only give up three yards per attempt. So it's going to be 
it's going to be on the quarterbacks, in my opinion, in this game. And uh, look, Brock Purdy again shows flashes of brilliance at times, and then other times you're just like you're scratching your head, like why would you throw that ball or why would you make that decision? There's a guy wide open, and you're throwing into double coverage. You don't understand why they're doing that. Well, he has a couple of good targets to throw to. Xavier Hutchinson is a very, very dangerous deep threat. And then you've got the ever-reliable all-conference tight end Charlie Kolar there. And I just think it's more about it's more about the, the individual players than it is the matchup in this game. A lot of times we look at matchups in college sports and say, well, this matchup favors this team. I, these teams match up against what well, it's, it's strength on strength, right? It's two teams that run the football extremely well against two teams that defend the run extremely well. So I think it comes down to quarterbacks and home field advantage, and therein lies the reason why Vegas has this game as a seven-point spread. I like Brock Purdy over Spencer Sanders, and obviously playing at Jack Trice Stadium in uh, in Ames, Iowa, uh, where my cousin was able to play some football. That's a look. It's a it's a passionate passionate crowd. It's it's a bunch of farmers that have nothing to do but go to a football game on Saturday. It's kind of like being in Nebraska. So that being said, sorry Mary, that was a veiled shot at your Cornhuskers there. <laughs> the Cyclones favored by seven. I'm going to give up the seven points. I think the Cyclones win big. I got Iowa State 27, Oklahoma State 17. Ten-point victory for the Clones. Let's move on to a game that I talked about yesterday. Now we've got we've got a, a Pac-12 game here. BYU heading up to the Palouse into the uh, unfriendly confines of Pullman, Washington, to take on the Washington State Cougars. Cougar versus Cougar in this game. One Cougar without their their leader, Nick Rolovich, who was fired in the uh, in the week, uh, obviously earlier in the week on Monday. He was let go along with four of his leading assistants, including his offensive co-offensive coordinator. They celebrated with their coach last week. I think it was an emotional win for them to get a big win like they did last week over Stanford. I don't think it continues. Look, Jaron Hall, they they get Jaron Hall back. He's back for the second week at BYU. They've had a couple of embarrassing losses. They they dropped the ball, fumbled, and basically could not catch the ball against Boise State in a uh, in a game in the rain in Provo. They they fixed that last week, but then their defense started giving up a ton of points last week. I think BYU kind of reigns it in this week. Washington State, in my opinion, is ripe for the picking. I really do like Jaron Hall. I think he's going to turn out to be a pretty darn good quarterback when all is said and done uh, for the uh, for the BYU Cougars. And I think he's going to be a major difference in this game. He's a better player, in my opinion, than Jaden Delora. And as I as I said, look, without your without your offensive coordinator and without your your play caller and Nick Rolovich, I think that's going to play huge. I, you know, Max Borgie, good player, averaging five yards per carry. I like Max Borgie a lot, but you're going to have to run the football. You have to break what you do as a run and shoot offense in order to feature him. You know, he's still only carrying the ball about 15 times a game. Look, Washington State's 0 and 2 already from teams against uh, from from teams uh, in the state of Utah this season. I think they go to 0-3. I like BYU in this game. Give me the BYU Cougars 30, the Washington State Cougars 23. So I like BYU minus 4.5 in that matchup. Finally, and this is a game that's featuring another team that Arizona played earlier this year, the San Diego State Aztecs head up to Colorado Springs to take on the Academy, the Air Force Academy, and the Falcons favored by three points in this game. This is a good matchup. San Diego State 6-0. They gave up their first rushing touchdown of the season last week against San Jose State in an overtime win. 
that everybody I think was watching because it was the last game left on TV, and it was the it, they were the last team to give up a rushing touchdown all season when they gave up that rushing touchdown. That's right. Even more, they held out longer than that Georgia defense did. Air Force. Five and one, and nobody runs the football better than Air Force. They're number one in the country in rushing 336 yards per game, I believe it is right now, and they have just been smash-caking teams. They, they, they've played some good teams, and they've done extremely well. They're also really good defensively. Defensively, they're giving up the 11th fewest yards per game in the country and the 12th fewest points per game in the country. Whoa. That sounds like upset city right there over the number 22-ranked team, which is probably why uh, Air Force has been uh, is a, is a three-point favorite in this game. But somehow, some way, I just think that San Diego State is going to continue to win football games. And it has no bias uh, based on the fact that Arizona played this team and that I hope that they go undefeated and it looks like a, you know, a better loss. It, it, there is no such thing as a better loss um, unless you're trying to compete for uh, you know, a, a ranking number and things like that, trying to get into a postseason situation where your strength of schedule matters. That doesn't matter to Arizona anymore. I couldn't care less about it. I just think that San Diego State on the road with that defense and with some playmakers outside uh, outside the numbers are going to have just enough to what it takes to beat Air Force. I like San Diego State plus the three, but give me San Diego State straight up 24, Air Force 21 in that game. So there you go. There's your picks. I have uh, Purdue plus three and a half, Pitt minus three and a half, Iowa State minus seven, BYU minus four and a half, and San Diego State plus three on the road at Air Force. Those are my picks for the Friday Five. We'll see how those all turn out. Of course, we'll be back here to review them all on Monday for our our big Monday morning quarterback show that we have here every single Monday on the Jeff Dean Show. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Hey, join Spears and Ali for Monday Night Football as they broadcast live from the famous Sam's on River in LaCholla. That's coming up this uh, Monday following the weekend of football. It's a clean and friendly spot to hang out. Bring your friends, bring your family. Uh, I've been to that one several times. It's a great place to watch a game. They got 42 television, a lot of beers on tap, uh, great bartenders and servers there. Of course, all the great food that you can expect from Famous Sam's. Uh, so come on down there, watch the show live from three to six. Engage with the promotions team that's down there, the ESPN Tucson Pro, uh, promotions team. Get some freebies and uh, enjoy some football. It's Saints and Seahawks, so maybe just enjoy some beer and, and a pastrami sandwich. And uh, just call it a day and just say hi to Justin and, uh, and Ali and, and uh, you know, oh, hey, by the way, there's football on. So enjoy that. So looking at I was talking with Mary off the, you know, off the air during the break there, and it's just, it's just not a great week for football. It's just kind of like, blah. Like you look at the, the teams that are on by this week in the NFL, there's a lot of teams that have big followings, right? Minnesota, like the Vikings are on a bye. Pittsburgh's on a bye. The Cowboys are on a bye. Teams with big followings. So fan engagement is a little bit down. You've got really good football teams that are on a bye this week. Buffalo, the Chargers, the Cowboys, again, uh, on a bye this week. And then you've got five games where teams are favored by more than a touchdown. 
Packers, the Patriots against the Jets. The Rams are 16-point favorites against the Lions. The Cardinals are 18-point favorites at home against the Texans. And then the Buccaneers are 12.5-point favorite against the Bears. So, you, you know, you look at this and you're just like, okay, I don't exactly, you know, don't exactly know where to get my excitement from on Sunday. It's Sunday night. Look, that's going to be a fun game, I think, with the, with the Niners and the Colts. That's, in my opinion, the best game of the week outside of maybe the most exciting game, which I think could either be the Bengals-Ravens or the Chiefs-Titans. I think those two will be the most exciting games. Eagles and Raiders, I think that game's going to be closer than most people expect. And I think that that Green Bay-Washington game could be close as well. I, t- I was telling Mary, I took, I took a five-game parlay. I did a five-game parlay for this weekend uh, on FanDuel. And I took all five of the teams who are favored by more than a touchdown. Like, it doesn't pay out much. But I just need a win at this point because last week sucked. So I just I just need a win. I want to be able to walk a ticket up to the virtual ticket booth that I talk about and actually cash in a ticket and uh, be able to enjoy some winnings. So I went the easy way out. Five-game parlay, I'm probably going to lose one. You don't Those don't cash in all the time. Yeah, I don't care if every team is favored by more than seven points. Those just don't cash in all that often. So we'll see. I'm going to hang my hat on that one. I'm also going to do some other stuff. I've got a parlay that I'm going to put together for the uh, for the Cardinal game that's going to include the defense and special team, a defensive and special teams touchdown. We'll see if that pays out. And then I've got some other stuff going for college football. Like I said, folks, when I make these picks, like when I do my NFL lock of the week, when I do my Friday five, my you know against the spread, I, I put where my money where my mouth is. If you're going to tune in and listen to my picks that I have, I'm going to do that I'm going to do that favor for you not favor but I'm going to do that myself I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to put money down on those games as well so when I talk about these picks I actually play those games on FanDuel Sportsbook so 21 and 18 against the spread in my Friday five yes I'm on the positive side but I've also bet some other stuff that I haven't talked about on the air that's brought me into the negative which is why I don't talk about those on the air and now my NFL locks of the week those have paid out really well it was six and oh Going into last week, now six and one. Hopefully, be seven and one following this Sunday. So, I always put my money where my mouth is. I'm a big believer in that. If I'm going to tell you guys, give you guys some advice, I'm going to take my own advice, put my money down on it as well. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition, this week's edition of the Jeff Dean Show on a Football Friday. Congratulations to Ben Trimble and Dean Valencia. They were there, the winners of my ticket contest this week to take on or to go see the uh, Arizona Wildcats take on the Washington Huskies. Congratulations to them. Enjoy the game tonight. Hope to see you guys there at Arizona Stadium. And, of course, thanks to Mary back in studio for pushing all the buttons and keeping me on the air here. And I will see you guys on Monday morning at 7 a.m. for a Monday morning quarterback, hopefully celebrating a Wildcat victory. We'll see you then on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show.